Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for standing by. Welcome to KP Tissue Second Quarter 2021 Results Conference Call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. Following the presentation, we will conduct a question and answer session. Instructions will be provided at that time for you to queue up questions. If anyone has any difficulties hearing the conference, please press star followed by zero for operator assistance at any time. Before turning the meeting over to management, I would like to remind everyone that this conference call is being recorded on Thursday, August 12, 2021. I will now turn the conference over to Mike Baldessera, Director, Investor Relations. Please go ahead. Thank you, Operator, and good morning, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Mike Baldessera. I'm the Director of Investor Relations for KP Tissue, Inc. The purpose of this conference call is to review the financial results for the second quarter of 2021 for Kruger Products LP, which I'll refer to as KPLP going forward. With me this morning is Dino Bianco, Chief Executive Officer of KP Tissue and Kruger Products LP, and Mark Holbrook, the Chief Financial Officer of KP Tissue and Kruger Products LP. The following discussions and responses to questions contain forward-looking statements concerning the company's activities. Forward-looking statements involve known and unknown risks and uncertainties, which could cause the company's actual results to differ materially from those in the forward-looking statements. Investors are cautioned not to rely on these forward-looking statements. The company does not undertake to update these forward-looking statements except if required by applicable laws. There's a page at the beginning of the written presentation which contains the usual legal cautions, including as to forward-looking information, which you should be aware of. I'd like to point out that all figures expressed in today's call are in Canadian dollars unless otherwise stated. The press release reporting our Q2 2021 results were published this morning and will be accessible from our website at kptissueinc.com. Please be aware that our MDNA will be posted on our website and will also be available on CDAR. Finally, I would ask that during the call you refer to the presentation we prepared to accompany these discussions, which is also available on our website. We'd also appreciate that during the Q&A period for you to limit your questions to two. Thank you for your collaboration. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll now turn the call over to Dino Bianco, our CEO. Dino? Thank you, Mike. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us for our second quarter earnings call. Despite the volatility of a COVID recovery marketplace, our results for the quarter were largely in line with our expectations. Our results reflect soft demand related to continued destocking by retailers and consumers, strong headwinds from pulp prices and other cost inflation, and a gradual market recovery in the away from home segment. Recapping some of the quarter's highlights, we are pleased to report that our share position across the portfolio remains strong, and the launch of our new Sponge Towels Ultra Pro continues to exceed our expectations. Furthermore, Tat Sherbrooke startup curve remains ahead of schedule, providing the paper tissue capacity required to meet our long-term growth plans. 
In late June, we also announced an exciting artificial intelligence or AI project of $25 million for the facility, and I'll be discussing that in greater detail later. Our legacy assets continue to perform well driven by our OPEX program, and after several quarters of depressed end-user demand in AFH, volume has gradually picked up with the easing of COVID-19 restrictions across North America. Let's now turn our attention to the numbers on slide five. Q2 2021 revenues declined 12.3%, while adjusted EBITDA in the quarter declined 42.1% versus a very strong previous year. Specifically, revenues came in at $339.3 million, while adjusted EBITDA was $37.3 million, which is very similar to our Q1 2021 numbers. Canadian revenues remained relatively stable compared to last year, while the U.S. decreased by 28.7%. We had some negative uh, forex impact on U.S. sales, and actually in constant currency, the decline was 19.4% in the U.S. and minus 6.6% on a total basis. EBITDA was not only affected by lower sales volume, but by higher pulp prices and increased other costs. These were partially offset by a favorable forex impact and lower SGNA expenses. Pulp and BEK have remained at historically high levels and their rise has been quite dramatic as you can see on the charts on page six. Second quarter NBSK average prices in Canadian dollars increased 18.7% while BEK average prices rose over 20% compared to Q1. Average NBSK prices in U.S. dollars were up almost 23%, and average BEK prices were up over 24% quarter over quarter. For the balance of the year, we expect NBSK and BEK prices to remain elevated. As you know, in an effort to counter these significant cost increases, we have taken pricing actions in both the consumer and away-from-home segments. In terms of our network on pages 7 and 8, the paper machine and converting ramp-up at Tad Sherbrooke are tracking well ahead of plan. In June, we announced additional investments of $25 million in Sherbrooke for an AI project, with $6.7 million to be contributed by both levels of government. This will bring our total investments there to over $600 million. The project consists of creating and implementing a digital twin of the entire plant supply chain. The virtual model of the supply chain will be using real-time data augmented with predictive and prescriptive AI capabilities to improve the plant's overall performance and help us serve our customers and consumers more efficiently than ever. This will elevate the capability of the state-of-the-art facility and provide us with great learnings to roll out AI to our other facilities. As for our Sherbrooke expansion, we are currently finalizing the project's scope with engineering, environmental, and geotechnical studies underway. We have also secured the $240 million in financing for the project. Moving on to the next slide. In Memphis, we are investing almost $22 million in a new facial tissue line that will allow us to produce both TAD and LDC products. Our existing lines are at capacity and this line will allow us to grow with key customers while carrying a Made in the USA label. This investment, along with our new Sherbrooke facial line, will elevate our North American capacity in the facial category. Startup of the Memphis line is expected in the second quarter of 2022. 
On the OPEX program, now into year four, we've initiated a number of improvements related to waste reduction and equipment reliability at all our sites. We also increased our training and coaching of our workforce on a structured problem-solving methodology through Lean Six Sigma certifications. As you can see, we are making the necessary investments to support our long-term growth and to provide us with improved product capacity, capability, and cost in both conventional and premium tissue products in North America. With regards to our trademarks, we continue to focus on building our brands with increased marketing investment. Over the past 52-week period, we continue to register overall share gain and maintain momentum from late 2019. More recently, the successful launch of Sponge Towels Ultra Pro has allowed us to make further inroads in the paper towel category. At this stage, this brand is ahead of our plan on both revenue and share expectations. Our unapologetically human media campaign employing purpose-driven messaging continues to distinguish itself and win several awards, including a bronze Leon at the International Cannes Advertising Festival, one of the most prestigious distinctions in the advertising world and a first for our company. As a Canadian company and true hockey fans, we also felt compelled to support Canadian hockey families during difficult times, and that was the purpose of our Kruger Big Assist program. This program is a huge success with consumers and hockey associations across Canada, and 15 associations received $10,000 each to help hockey families in need. We have some of the most trusted and loved brands, and it's important for our marketing message to resonate emotionally with Canadian consumers. Consequently, we've been leveraging and promoting our proudly made in Canada message, as this is an important factor for Canadian consumers and Canadian customers. We also have new media campaigns on sponge towels and Scotties, and we continue to increase our investment in digital and social media. The data presented on slides 10 and 11 is from Nielsen. It shows solid market share performance over a 52-week period ending on June 19, 2021. Over the past year or so, our stable supply position, strong customer partnerships, and continued marketing support have allowed us to post strong share gains. With a combined 36.1 share, our cashmere and Purex brands are the clear leaders in the bathroom tissue category. We achieved notable growth in facial tissue, reporting a 34% share this quarter compared to 309 for the corresponding period last year. Scotty's has strengthened its position and is the clear number one with many Canadian consumers who consider the brand to be synonymous with facial tissue. As previously noted, we posted good share gains in the paper towel category, growing from 21.5% last year to 22.6% this quarter. We're excited about our growth prospects for the remainder of 2021 and beyond. On page 12, we began to see improved revenue and profit performance in our AFH segment. This improvement was driven by strengthening end market demand as a result of post-COVID recovery in the U.S. and Canada, we are also seeing the benefits in AFH as we have increased in-source paper and lowering our outsourcing costs. And combined with operations that continue to perform well, we are well positioned to benefit from the market recovery. To offset higher fiber costs and other inflation, we have also implemented a price increase in AFH that will flow through to the P&L with contract renewals over the next 12 months. I will now turn the call over to Mark. Thank you, Dino, and good morning, everyone. 
Please turn to slide 13 for a summary of our financial performance for Q2 2021. Revenue was down 12.3% to $339.3 million in the second quarter compared to $386.8 million for the same period last year. However, on a sequential basis, revenue was up by 9.3% compared to Q1. Adjusted EBITDA decreased 42.1% to $37.3 million from $64.4 million in Q4 of last year and remained relatively flat with $37.5 million in Q1. From a margin perspective, adjusted EBITDA decreased to 11% from 16.7% in Q2 last year and 12.1% in Q1 2021. In the second quarter of 2021, net income amounted to $2.2 million compared to $28.9 million last year. The decrease was primarily due to lower adjusted EBITDA, higher depreciation expense, higher interest expense, and a decrease in other income partially offset by lower income taxes. In the quarterly segmented view on slide 14, consumer revenue decreased 13.6% year-over-year to $292.3 million, but increased by 7.7% compared to Q1 this year. In the away-from-home segment, revenue declined 3.1% to $47 million year-over-year, but increased by 20.5% from $39 million in Q1 2021. Consumer segment adjusted EBITDA decreased by $29.3 million to $40.3 million, and adjusted EBITDA margin decreased from 20.6% to 13.8%. For the AFH segment, adjusted EBITDA increased by $1.7 million year-over-year to a loss of $0.4 million, and adjusted EBITDA margin improved compared to both last year and Q1. Corporate and other costs were a loss of $2.6 million in Q2 2021 compared to a loss of $3 million for the prior year. On slide 15, we review in more detail Q2 2021 revenue over Q2 2020, which was down by $47.5 million or 12.3%. In constant currency, this decline was 6.6%. The decline was primarily attributable to sales volume decreases in the consumer segment due to the comparison to last year's high COVID-19 buying activity in Q2, as well as continuous destocking of tissue inventories in Q2 of this year by retailers and consumers. Q2 2021 AFH revenue was impacted by continued COVID-19 restrictions, while sales volume was flat compared to Q2 2020. By geography, Canadian revenues increased by 0.9 million or 0.4%, and in the U.S., revenue decreased by 48.4 million or 28.7%. U.S. revenues also declined due to the unfavorable impact of FX. In constant currency, U.S. revenue decreased by 19.4%. On slide 16, we provide further insight into our Q2 2021 adjusted EBITDA, which decreased year-over-year by $27.1 million, or 42.1%, to $37.3 million. Gross margin for the quarter decreased from 19.8% to 13.1%. 
The decrease in adjusted EBITDA was primarily driven by lower sales volume, also by the unfavorable impact of higher pulp prices, as well as higher freight rates and warehousing costs. These factors were partially offset by the net favorable impact of FX and lower SG&A expenses. For a sequential perspective, let's turn to slide 17, where we compare Q2 2021 to Q1 2021 revenue. Quarter over quarter revenue increased by 28.9 million or 9.3%. In constant currency, the increase was 10.9%. The increase was primarily driven by higher sales volume in both the consumer and AFH segments. This was partially offset by the negative impact of lower FX on US dollar sales. By geography, revenue in Canada increased by 24.8 million or 12.7% and revenue in the US increased by 4.2 million or 3.6%. On a constant currency basis, US revenue increased by 6.8%. On slide 18, Q2 2021 adjusted EBITDA decreased sequentially by 0.2 million or 0.5% compared to Q1. Gross margin declined from 15.2% to 13.1%. The slight decrease in adjusted EBITDA was due to several factors which almost offset. The favorable aspects were higher sales volume in both the consumer and AFH segments, higher AFH contribution and favorable FX impact. The unfavorable aspects were lower consumer segment contribution, higher pulp prices, increased freight rates and warehousing costs, and higher advertising expenses. I'll now turn to our balance sheet and financial position on slide 19. Our cash position was $129.7 million at the end of Q2, an increase of $72.1 million from our $57.6 million position at the end of Q1. The cash increase and also the increase in total long-term debt was driven primarily by the issuance in April of new eight-year senior unsecured notes, with part of the proceeds used to reduce the outstanding balance on the senior credit facility. Also, the financing for the Sherbrooke expansion was completed in May, and $27 million of convertible debentures were issued to Investment Quebec with the proceeds remaining in cash at quarter end. Overall, net debt at quarter end stood at $827.6 million, up by approximately $32 million from the $795.2 million at the end of Q1, including the impact of higher working capital and the increase in debt related to capital investments in Ted Sherbrooke. Our net debt to trailing 12 months adjusted EBITDA leverage ratio increased to 5.3 times compared to 4.3 times in Q2 sorry, in Q1 this year, which was primarily due to the higher level of net debt incurred and a lower trailing 12-month adjusted EBITDA in Q2 of this year. At quarter end, total liquidity, representing cash and cash equivalents and availability from the revolving credit agreements, was a healthy $284.2 million. In addition, there was $36.5 million in cash set aside in the Tad Sherbrooke entity the end of Q2, which is available for the project. I will conclude my section by reviewing the CapEx on slide 20. The year-to-date 2021 CapEx amounted to $87.6 million, including $75 million for Tad Sherbrooke. 
Looking at the full year 2021, our anticipated CapEx range is slightly reduced from what we had previously provided. We expect Tad Sherbrooke CapEx to total approximately $110 million once all project payments are completed, and that includes the start of the new AI project. Remaining CapEx, including the new Sherbrooke expansion, is expected to be in the $40 million to $50 million range. That puts total CapEx for 2021 in the range of $150 million to $160 million. Thank you for joining us this morning, and I'll now turn the call back over to Dino. Thank you, Mark. I will not spend too much time on page 21, but this slide was introduced at our Q1 earnings call and reflects our bold commitment to sustainability over the coming decade across multiple dimensions of our business and our culture. I want to conclude on slide 22. To build a strong future, we remain focused on investing in our brands and innovating to build market share leadership in Canada while expanding our White Cloud brand in the U.S. In order to offset unprecedented increases in pulp prices and other rising costs, we're taking pricing actions and expect to see the benefits of these measures starting in the second half of the year. Furthermore, with the TAT facility in Sherbrooke exceeding the ramp-up curve, we are well positioned to support the new SpongeTowels Ultra Pro growth objectives, as well as grow our business in the ultra-premium tissue segment across North America. We continue to make the investments needed to support our network's modernization, expansion, and cost structure. With the new $25 million AI project, our investments in TAT Sherbrooke will reach $600 million. Moreover, the Sherbrooke expansion is another $240 million project, which we have secured financing for. And finally, in Memphis, our new facial tissue line represents a total investment of close to $22 million. Our OPEX program remains an integral part of our DNA and will serve to increase capacity and optimize the cost structure for the future. Meanwhile, the AFH segment is improving profitability and is preparing for the recovery of end-user markets. Reimagine 2030, our new sustainability plan will spearhead transformative growth and sustainable innovation. And finally, we continue to develop our organizational capability and culture to ensure that we are future ready. Before I conclude, let me briefly discuss our outlook. In terms of the outlook for consumer tissue, we expect a gradual month after month improvement with a return to more normal tissue buying patterns and demand from retailers and consumers in the second half of the year. We've also worked hard to position AFH for a market recovery and expect sales to improve as end markets recover across North America. We see the market softness in the first half of 2021 as temporary and expect that the tissue category will return to strong, stable demand post-COVID. High pulp prices and cost inflation will continue to be a headwind for this year. In spite of these factors, we expect that the pricing measures we've announced as well as a more favorable sales outlook will translate into stronger performance during the second half of 2021. More specifically, we expect Q3 2021 adjusted EBITDA to be higher than Q2 2021 and lower than 2020 Q3. At this point, I'd like to thank our many employees for their steadfast support during these continued challenging times. Despite much discussion on post-COVID trends, we are still in COVID and our employees continue to work safe and productively to ensure 
tissue supply for the market today and for the future. Our outstanding employees are the ones who allow us to earn the confidence and success we enjoy. To each and every one of them, my utmost gratitude and thanks. We will now be happy to take your questions. Ladies and gentlemen, the floor is now open for your questions. To ask a question, please press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. If at any point you would like to remove yourself from the queue, simply press star one again. Your first question comes from the line of Hamir Patel of CIBC Capital Markets. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hi. Good morning. 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 You know, do you know? Could uh, could you quantify the non-pulp uh, inflation you're seeing, um, and if you could speak to, you know, how much that might be on the freight side and uh, on the labor front as well? Um, it's well. It's I mean, it's more than it's normally been. I mean, normally this has been a pulp story that's triggered pricing. At this year, of course, pulp is 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 increasing. But you've seen from other reports in other industries. What's going on around the globe is we're going through a boom here with uh, freight costs, warehousing costs, energy costs, uh, labor costs. I mean, everything is, is going up. I won't give you a specific split, but I, I, I'd say for, particularly for the quarter and as we look to the back half, uh, it'll still be dominated by fiber, but I would say that the non-fiber costs will be a significant portion. Uh, uh, if you look at a number, it's probably 60, 40, 70, 30 fiber uh, versus in the past, it's normally been, uh, you know, we've had increases. It's been, it's been primarily fiber. So I'm, I'm, I'm being hesitant because I don't want to, you know, I, I'm not going to divulge all the sing, single moves uh, that have happened across the network. But, um, um, you know, when we did our pricing action in July, uh, for July 5th uh, across uh, not only just Canada, uh, AFH and the U.S., we took into account a projected inflation curve. So we were able to build that in as we looked at the cost headwinds that were coming our way with pulp and with other costs. So we feel, uh, particularly in Canadian consumer, uh, we, have, uh, we have covered those costs through pricing, uh, not as much in, uh, in the U.S. because we're a price follower there, and, and unfortunately that market hasn't quite moved to the level it needs to move. And then AFH will be a, a longer road to get that cost recovery as contracts renewed. Okay. Thanks. You know, that, that's helpful. And, uh, you know, you gave your outlook on, on pulp prices, uh, but I, I'm just curious to get your thoughts on the, on the recycled products that you buy, uh, sorted office papers. How do you see prices faring uh, there for the balance of the year? And, and just remind us what percent of your fiber mix is uh, the recycled grade? Yeah, so... Um, Generally, our, our recycled fiber represents 20 to 25% of our total fiber mix. It's a little lower because our AFH businesses have been uh, uh, depressed in terms of the, the volume over, over the COVID period. Uh, as it relates to um, uh, how we have priced our business, when we have priced our business, uh, Amir, we have built in uh, sorted office paper uh, price increases. 
as you know and you've heard from many other uh, analysts or other um, companies that have reported, that market uh, continues to escalate. It escalates in part uh, as it moves with pulp, but, but also the generation is not there. Um, it's, 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 uh, it, the world is moving more to digital, and then as you had primarily offices and, and, and work locations shutting down, the generation isn't there. So we have seen a continued escalation in, in sorted office paper as well. But it stays to my previous comment that we have reflected those increases, projected increases uh, from what we, we see in the marketplace uh, in our pricing recommendations. Okay, great. Uh, thanks, Dino. That's, uh, that's all I had. I'll, I'll turn it over. Thanks, Samir. Your next question comes from Sean Stewart of TD Securities. Thank you. Good morning. Um, Dino, when, when you qualify Tad Sherbrooke, uh, both the, the machine and, and the converting productivity is well above plan, can you give us some metrics for context? Um, and I guess absent the, the expansion, what's the potential for further pro productivity gains there over what sort of time frame? Sean, that's a great question. Um, I, I'm going to give you some, I'm going to give you some context. I, I you know, I, I'm new to the tissue business, as many of you know, and I've heard the horror stories of you know machine startups across uh, North America, various companies. So uh, my expectations were you know were were already adjusted, and then when we brought in Tattoo, it has been an incredible journey to watch that facility start up, the leadership. First of all, to get it ready on time and on budget during COVID and, and incredible work that, you know, our team, our engineering team, our suppliers, our partners have done has been incredible just to get it going uh, in February, uh, you know, according to plan. But then to see the startup curve that we have at that site is a testament to the, the site leadership, uh, the training we have done, uh, the OPEX program, uh, the future AI that we're bringing in. It's been an, an incredible journey to watch. And they have exceeded plan. I'm not, I'm not going to give you a number, but it's a big number, uh, you know, well, well double digits, if you will. Maybe we had a conservative plan. I don't know. But at the end of the day, it's incredible the, the number that they're producing, both on paper and on, um, on converted cases, both paper towel and uh, bath tissue. Uh, so, you know, we, we really run all the different products through that site, uh, expecting we'd run into some hiccups, and so far we have not. What the challenge has been for us um, is trying to sell that excess capacity in a market that's down 13, 14, 15 percent, whatever numbers you look at. Uh, you know, we were ready and geared and oversold on, the, on, on our plan consumption, and now we've got this excess capacity that we are uh, working uh, to move through the system. We'll get it through. It's just taking uh, a, a little longer, and uh, we'll start converting that uh, excess production uh, into sales. We're working with our existing customers who are now starting to see some turnarounds on their end uh, as well and, and starting to see the movement there. And we're also, of course, working with new customers uh, to supply them with uh, a fantastic TAD product that's coming out of that facility. Thanks for that detail. Um, second question, the, the away from home segment, uh, obviously not EBITDA positive yet, but I think it's your best result there since Q1 of 2018, despite demand headwinds. And I gather a lot of that's from the paper insourcing. Uh, any thoughts on the margin potential for away from home as reopening hopefully gains some momentum here? And, and it seems like you've, you've uh, 
you've initiated some company-specific measures to uh, to improve margins there. Yeah, Sean, that's a you know a great question, and uh, our long-term uh, outlook for AFH is that we should be in the sink, uh, mid to, to high single-digit EBITDA margins. I mean that is the goal, and that is the strategic plan that that group is working towards, and it is absolutely a doable plan. Uh, it involves not just uh, uh, the manufacturing side, it involves the demand side, the types of products we're in, where we're, where we're going, uh, the portfolio, and then, of course, a network that can support that cost effectively. So it's a total plan uh, that the AFH team has been working on uh, pre-COVID and, and, of course, COVID uh, through, through everybody for uh, a readjustment, but we stay true to that plan as we're uh, emerging out of COVID. So I have high expectations for AFH uh, recovery. Uh, we're starting to see the benefit of that, uh, as you said, in, in Q2, and, and we continue to expect AFH to perform uh, better than, than it, it has, uh, driven by volume increases, uh, driven by pricing recovery. Uh, but as you mentioned, on the network side, there's two aspects that are helping us. One is the fact that we are insourcing uh, paper, uh, more paper, so our, our legacy assets are running well, and quite frankly, we've had uh, with, with Sherbrooke coming on board and then uh, the other Sherbrooke expansion project, we will be uh, essentially self-sufficient on AFH uh, paper. So that will help the long-term um, cost structure. And every time you, you insource out, you know, paper, you're, it depends on the grade. It could be two to $500 a, a ton benefit. So there's, there's lots, it's real money, and it's there. And then the second thing that AFH has done um, uh, more lo for long-term as well is they, they were the last or one of the last areas to implement OPEX uh, so we started implementing OPEX during COVID, uh, and it's been cr incredible to watch the performance of those assets um, and, and how ready they are now for the market that's going to recover, that we're going to get more capacity and more productivity uh, out of those uh, assets going uh, forward. Uh, so lots of good work done. Uh, you, you know, they, there was a lot of learning in AFH uh, during COVID. Uh, what do we do well? What don't we do well? Where do we want to be? And I think that team is now ready to, uh, to really take advantage of the market recovery uh, in Canada, but also in the U.S. as well. That's, uh, that's great. Thanks for the detail, Dino. You're welcome. Your next question comes from Zachary Evershed of National Bank Financial. Uh, good morning, Zachary. Uh, Thomas calling in for Zach. Uh, just a quick question for me. Um, throughout the, uh, the stocking drag, uh, was premium tissue moving better than other categories? And uh, did that provide a mixed lift to margins that uh, we, we may see revert in the future quarters? I apologize if I missed the first part of your question. Can you just repeat that, please? Yeah, I, I was asking about the, uh, the de-stocking drag. Uh, was okay. premium tissue moving better than other categories? I mean, the destocking drag, I think, affected every category, all segments of tissue and, and all, all categories, uh, bathroom tissue, paper towel, uh, and even to a certain extent, uh, facial. Um, you know, we saw it in the U.S. and Canada. Uh, the interesting thing is uh, that the destocking impact has actually been uh, somewhat greater in the U.S. than it has been uh, in Canada. Uh, the, the dynamics here have been that uh, the U.S. has generally lagged a little bit in, in terms of the, the COVID bubble and have now uh, 
uh, lagged a little bit on the uh, deload uh, that's happening. You know, Canada got a big hit at the deload in, in kind of the first uh, four months of the year. U.S. saw a little bit more in the, in the second quarter. Um, just, to, just to give you some perspective, because it's a, you know, a clear answer, and I think many have been asked about it. We saw, uh, you know, if you look at our second quarter, April was our, our toughest comp. Uh, we, you know, we were tracking against uh, destocking in a, in, a, in a strong quarter uh, month last year, and then May, May and June started improving. So that tells me the trend in the velocity and the destocking is out of the system. Plus, we're hearing it from customers; they're starting to load again, um, and, and we're starting to see them uh, bring in bring in inventory, and we're starting to see market consumption uh, increase. Uh, so. I guess a long-winded answer, it's not specific to an individual segment or, or uh, uh, geography. It is pretty well across the board that we saw from our business anyways. That's helpful. Thank you very much. Again, as a reminder, in order to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. Your next question comes from Paul Quinn of RBC Capital Markets. Yeah, thanks. Uh, good morning, Dave. Um, morning, Paul. Question: You, you shared your uh, your margin goal on AFH in the in the mid to high single digits. Can you share what you expect out of the consumer side? Uh, yeah, I mean, we should be we should be mid, uh, you know, uh, teens. So. Uh, our business should be mid to mid teens, and depending on the portfolio, even high teens within that, because there's lots of, as you know, consumer. There's there's uh, there's branded, there's private label, there's different segments. We play in the value and the premium, but but generally, I would say we we should be in a you know mid mid to better team position on uh, our consumer, and as more of our business with with our Sherbrooke facility starts to move more to the premium segments, I, I hope to push that even even higher. Okay, then um, you know you expressed some uh, some difficulty in in, uh, in ramping up or selling the capacity out of uh, out of your new your new machine into a market that's down somewhere around 15%. Um, we've got three new tissue machines starting up in 22. Is that going to pose an additional problem going forward? I don't think so, Paul. Because those are always part of the long-term projection. So I know there's a lot of nervousness. Uh, Rightfully so, across a lot of companies right now, with what's happened out of the first quarter, or the first half, I should say, I do, and I've said, and I think others, my other other companies have said, it's it's, it's a short-term displacement, at least on the volume side. You talk inflation is a different comment, but on the on the on the sales side, this market's going to return, and in fact, you know, we've seen lots of projections that's going to say that the the curve is going to actually improve, for the two reasons that I think I've talked about in previous meetings. More people will work from home. You know, it won't be what it is today, but it'll be more than it was pre-COVID, and uh, more focus on hygiene, particularly as it reflects to cleaning and, and towel usage. So I don't see that as being uh, an issue. I mean, there's always every time when a machine comes out, there's always a bit of disequilibrium in the short term. Uh, but uh, I think the long-term prognosis for the, the category and the supply-demand balance is uh, is uh, still uh, very healthy. Okay, and then maybe uh, just lastly, if you could comment on where the overall market is going and whether that differs between Canada and the U.S. And, and why I ask that is that, you know, you brought, brought up a TAB machine, but you're also doing an LDC machine. So just wondering 
where the consumer or where the AFH market is going in the future, and are you well positioned for that? Yeah, if I look, if I, if I'll talk about um, a little bit of market and our focus. I mean, if you think about it, let's start with AFH because that was the last we talked about. It. I think our, our goal in AFH is, is still to be a full service provider on tissue, um, but we want to we want to beef up our premium end of our segment. We we make great quality products. Uh, we have great brands. Uh, we have uh, you know a great uh, network. Uh, so I think you're going to see more focus in trying to move. Uh, a bit more upstream uh, across Canada and the U.S. in that one, uh, because that's an opportunity for us specifically. Uh, I think in the U.S. on consumer, uh, you are seeing a faster migration to premium uh, uh, consumer products. Uh, so TAD, TAD-like products, uh, and moving in the U.S., that, that trend has been there. Is, is more uh, more private label supply has uh, has been in that market. So we continue to see uh, that happening. But let's not forget and. and my numbers may not be perfect, but you know the the quote LVC or the conventional uh, product still represents 75 percent to 80 percent of the market, uh, so it's still a large part. Uh, in Canada, we see more of a balanced mix. There is, you know, we are and we see uh, a more move to, to premium uh, as well, uh, but not at the at the at the necessarily the rapid pace that you're seeing in the U.S. It'll be a little more balanced. And then our decision around TAD and and, and LVC. You know, was made as it relates to. Um, first of all, we we are essentially a two you know two technology company. You know, we, we look at LDC and LDC type assets as being our conventional uh, entry, and then we look at TAD as being our premium, and we're able to you know play with those two to kind of make sure we got a portfolio that is uh, representative of what the customer and the consumer needs. Our decision to to go LDC, and I talk about the scope being finalized on Sherbrooke because, and most of that attention is, is just making sure we got our paper machine right. You know, I think on the Converti side, what we're going to do in Sherbrooke, we're pretty, the expansion I'm talking about, we're pretty comfortable. But on the paper machine, we're doing a lot of work just to make sure this is a long-term investment and, and making sure we're projecting it right, not just for Canada, for North America. So that's when I talk about finalizing the scope. That's where we're spending our, our time. Um, we do believe LDC is the place to be, uh, uh, so uh, you know I think we're pretty comfortable with that as it relates to the expansion. Um, and the other thing it does for us, quite frankly, is uh, it de-risks our network. We've got a couple of old machines in the network that we're always uh, you know keeping uh, keeping performing well. But uh, when you look long term, we've got to make sure we de-risk our network as well. Great, that's really helpful. Uh, thanks very much, and uh, best luck. Thanks, Paul. At this time, there are no further questions. I will now turn the floor back over to management for any additional or closing remarks. Great. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us on this call today. We look forward to uh, speaking with you again following the release of our third quarter results. Thank you and have a great day. Thank you. This concludes the KP Tissue second quarter 2021 results conference call. Thank you for your participation. You may now disconnect. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.